Hi, everyone. Welcome to News and Brews Sports Biz, our podcast series that advocates for the financial voices in college athletics and features new developments impacting the business of college sports. I'm Ken Kurzel. And I'm Katie Davis. Joining us today is good friend and client Ashley Lico, Senior Associate Athletic Director and CFO at the University of South Florida Athletics, and is also Program Chair for the CABMA Mentor Me program. Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome, Ashley. Would you please start off by telling us a little bit about your career path in college athletics and what about this profession inspires you and gets you up in the morning? Sure. Um, I've always had a passion for sports. I've been around sports all my life. Started with uh, my family and my dad, more specifically. I played multiple sports in high school, focused a lot on softball. I was okay, but not great. Uh, not good enough to make a college roster, but I did know that I wanted to keep it in and around my life. Uh, so I made the decision to stay local and go to St. Leo University, who offered a sport business program at the time. Uh, it was through that program that one of my professors connected me with uh, a USF athletics administrator. Uh, I needed a class to get through the semester, and, and they just happened to have a spot open for me. It was through their relationship and their connection uh, that I was able to, to use that for my course credit. And I worked in the compliance office, uh, not somewhere where I thought I would end up, but uh, I did a lot of filing, copying, organizing, uh, a lot more filing. <laughs> uh, after some time, they ran out of tasks for me to work on. So I asked if there was any other areas in the department that needed a little bit of help uh, for, the, for the semester. Um, so they passed me over to the business office. Um, at, at that time, I met with Rick Costello, who was the CFO, uh, and Brett Hubner, who was the assistant AD for business operations, I believe. Um, individually, they both had a number of different things that I could help work on and keep me busy over the semester and throughout the summer. Um, after that summer was over, they did ask if I would stay on in a temporary role and just gradually worked my way through the business office ever since. Uh, I've been here now a total of, of 16 years. Um, uh, it's not the most conventional path to the seat that I'm currently in. Uh, they often say that you have to move on to move up, um, but I've been very fortunate to grow here within the business office at USF. Um, I cherish all the opportunities I've received throughout the years um, and appreciate everybody who I've been able to learn from that helped me get here. Yeah, so um, I know mentoring is near and dear to everyone's hearts, but especially yours. And um, talk to us a little bit about those mentors that helped you in your career and then how you're paying that forward through your mentorship and networking. Yeah, so I, um, I think mentorship plays a large part in all of our lives, not just professionally, but, but personally as well. Um, I have a long list of colleagues that I consider mentors. Uh, they may not know that they're my, my mentors, <laughs> uh, but for, for a variety of reasons, I, they're in my life um, and have become very close friends. Um, it can be dictated by situation, circumstance. Um, maybe it's a matter of fate, if, if that's something that, that you, you believe in. Uh, but every relationship is something that I, that I treasure and value and find, uh, find educational value in, in all of it. So if, if I were to ask to name some specifically, I'd probably start with Brett Hubner. Um, he's now the CFO at Tennessee. As I said, he was one of the first ones that I came into contact here uh, at USF. He really was the first one to offer me tasks that kind of challenged me uh, a bit more, really tasked me to use the education I was already getting through my program at St. Leo. Um, and he placed a very high value on teaching. 
uh, as opposed to just giving tasks to an intern. Um, he really pushed me out of my comfort zone. He let me sit on meetings that I probably had no business sitting in on. Um, and then also gave me important tasks to run point on that would run up the chain, like full game operations and, and budget prep. Um, in my you know, sophomore year of college, I was looking at a 40 to $50 million budget and helping weigh in on decisions. Um, he taught me quite a bit about time management and consistency. Um, if I had to, to look into another, it'd be Brandon Hall. He's now the CFO at Clemson. Uh, he's become one of my most dearest friends. Uh, we both had an opportunity to grow with one another. We overcame a lot uh, of different obstacles in trying to rebuild the business office here at one point. Um, he taught me a lot about empathetic leadership and the type of leader that I wanted to be uh, if I were to ever to ascend to the role. Um, he really tried to teach me about embracing work-life balance. Um, and I say try because it's still something I struggle with. Um, but he constantly led with a positivity that I think was unmatched by anybody that I've, I've ever met in, in that role. And uh, I worked really hard. I, I still work really hard to try and model his leadership in, in my style now with the staff that I have. Um, Ulander Wells is another uh, major player in, in my life. Uh, he's now the deputy AD at Harvard. Um, he taught me quite a bit about servant leadership and, uh, and how I really needed to, to push myself and make myself uncomfortable in, in, in order to grow. Um, he would often volunteer me for things because he knew it would benefit me, even though I didn't know that it might benefit me. Uh, so a perfect example of that is uh, being volunteered to contribute to the focus group that led to Mentor Me. Um, and, uh, he put me in touch with, with my now good friend, Mark Wagner and, and, and have been able to really blossom that program into, to what it is now, uh, hands down, one of the best things I've ever been voluntold to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it is in, in, in speaking of mentor me, um, in work, being able to work with Mark, uh, we were able to, to get together. There was, uh, four or five of us on the initial committee to, to kind of vet whether the program would be viable under CABMA. Um, we really looked to create a program that would uh, help pair entry-level staff members with veteran CABMA uh, members to try and bridge that gap of uncertainty when going to the convention. Um, many, of, many of you have, have been there before and, and know that it can be a little overwhelming with the number of people. If you've never been, it's, you should go. It's, it's a fantastic opportunity to, to kind of see what, what the industry has out there, but um, it can be overwhelming. And so with that, um, this program was intended to kind of help build a relationship from before you even get to convention. But really, in addition to that, we wanted to empower the, the next generation of leaders that were going to eventually take on these types of responsibilities and really learn from people who've been in and around the business for, for quite some time. So um, we look to model that program after the U.S. Coast Guard Academy, uh, their leadership program. Um, the, the leadership structure, there's a chair and then there's lead team administrators. Um, they help recruit the mentors and the protégés, um, and we put the pairs together at the beginning of the, of the cycle. Um, and then those same lead team administrators, they help create programming throughout the year. So there's a training at convention where um, 
we work with um, a, a skilled uh, trainer from the uh, U.S. Coast Guard Academy, John Heller, um, who provides leadership training and mentor training to help build the foundation for, for those pairs. Um, from there, our lead team creates programming that, that runs throughout the year in the form of leadership panels. We invite CABMA members to come and speak to the, to the, to the group. Um, we also have uh, individual educational opportunities by way of uh, newsletters every month, uh, a shared file that contains book recommendations, uh, article recommendations, uh, contact for, for everyone in the program so that you can connect with one another. Um, and, and it has provided, uh, I think, a long lasting opportunity for the participants, not only to learn from their mentor pair, but also at the cohort at large. Um, it really still amazes me that from that initial focus group and being voluntold to, to meet up with, with Mark Wagner and, and, and this other you know, group of, of CABMA members that we've been able to develop a program that's now entering its seventh year. Um, I've been lucky to serve as chair for the last two, um, but I'm now turning that over at the convention in June. Um, and and it, I'm sad about it, but also very happy to see what the future holds for that group. Well, that's exciting. And it's it's got to be, um, as you mentioned, you're sad to turn over the chair, but it's obviously being the part of the formative part of that. Um, it's got to be quite an accomplishment now to pass the baton on that. So congratulations on that, Ashley. So shifting gears a little bit to relationships in the community, can you tell us more about the sports and entertainment network in the Tampa Bay area and how that's helped the USF athletic program? Yeah, Tampa Bay is as a whole is is growing. It's it's one of the fastest growing regions in in any one of the surrounding counties here uh, here in Florida. So um, we have the Bucks, the Rays, the Lightning, all of the major pro players here in our backyard, um, and that's huge for us. Um, our relationships with those groups give us the opportunity to play at Raymond James for all of our football games. Um, we work very closely with the um, with the Vinick Sports Group. They're the owners of the Lightning, uh, but they're also key sponsors of the U.S. College of Business. Um, they're currently our multimedia rights holder, um, and they serve as our arena management company for the Yingling Center, uh, operated by by Sundomink. So um, we work very closely with with all of those partners. Um, I believe our local Tampa uh, Sports Commission actually coined the phrase "Team Tampa Bay." Uh, when referring to all of our groups when we work together. You'll see that a lot in, in shared tweets and threads and, and well wishes and um, really kind of carrying a consistent theme of if we are one team, one, one unit. Um, there's a consistent support for all of our Tampa teams that creates just a buzz and an energy that uh, you can feel throughout the whole community. And it's, it's, it really is electric, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. And so um, I mean, the Champa Bay success can only help us grow more, and, and we want to be uh, a part of, of, of all the championships as, as much as anybody, and, and they are a huge support unit for us, and, uh, and, and we relish being in, in Tampa Bay because of it. Yeah, um, I'm definitely proud to be uh, born in Tampa and just see what growth has been there um, and all the sports teams coming together um, and really helping to kind of create that culture in the city. Um, and when you drive through and you see the big banners um, for all the different teams on the side of buildings, it's really cool to see 
Um, and, you know, with those relationships, I mean, I think, you know, it's been in the news that the Vinick family has contributed a lot, uh, along with many others, to um, seeing uh, this exciting new venture of an on-campus football stadium at USF. Um, so could you talk to us a little bit more about the plans for the football stadium and what's gone into that evaluation, both from a financial standpoint, as well as intangibles like student body and community engagement um, with the university? Sure. Yeah, the, um, the on-campus stadium is, is an important next step for our athletics program, but really it's a transformational project for the university which will enhance engagement at all levels, not just with students, but with faculty and staff as well and in the surrounding community. Um, we are currently in the pre-planning phase. Uh, so we've identified a location which is located at our Sycamore fields. Um, it's close to student housing. Um, logistically, it's close to our existing athletics district uh, that we've worked to create with our soccer stadiums, our, our, football, um, our, our football practice fields, soccer practice fields the uh, almost completed indoor performance center. Um, so all of that logistically will be close by, uh, by this site. Um, but also there's historically a fitting uh, uh, feeling that, that this is the place it should be as this is where USF started its football program there on the Sycamore fields. That's where the first practices were held. That's where the trailers were for the coaches offices. Um, it, it historically holds a, a place in, in our um, athletic hearts, um, uh, being able to, to put it there and, and really kind of put a, a cap on, on um, really growing the program. And so uh, next steps, uh, now that we've identified uh, a location is to determine the overall budget and scope um, and, and the sources of, of that funding. Um, so that's what we're in the thick of right now. Um, we hope to have those nailed down by the end of summer 2022. So the end of this summer coming up um, and look to be in the design phase, hopefully by the end of this calendar year, um, so that we can really kind of ramp up and, and, and start the process. Um, we're all just really excited about this next chapter and, and what it holds for USF and, and USF athletics once it's, once it's complete. We're all just really excited for, for those next steps. Very exciting times for USF athletics there. Yeah, um, I can remember uh, we, we've had our firms had a long history with USF. And um, I remember I was a wee low level staff accountant, I think, working on USF athletics when football got started there uh, many, many years ago. So it's kind of neat to see um, getting to this stage and building an on-campus stadium. So, um, well, Ashley and our listeners, I mean, you all know that uh, Katie and I enjoy um, talking about whether it's coffee or beer or uh, you know other beverages of choice um, from our tours around the country to different uh, clients and friends. Um, what are you joining us with today or planning on enjoying tonight? Yeah, so uh, recording a little earlier in my workday, so I'm sipping on my favorite caffeinated beverage, uh, Mountain Dew. Uh, definitely serves as my version of an afternoon coffee pick-me-up. Uh, uh, so, but I definitely plan on later, uh, I have some truly seltzers with my name on it in the, in our fridge at home. So I will be sipping on those, uh, very happily later this evening. Outstanding. Very good. And Katie? Well, I thought, um, we'd go with a Tampa theme. And so I've been enjoying lately, um, now that it's getting a little warmer outside, um, and you can get it easily at Publix, um, Cigar City Fancy Papers, which is their hazy IPA. I know 
high lies like the popular one, but I, I like um, fancy papers better than that. It's a good choice. And and keeping with the Tampa theme, the last time we were down there, um, enjoyed going to Woven Water Brewing, um, a small craft brewer in Tampa, and I enjoyed a beer called Chromatic, uh, which is a hazy IPA that they have and um, quite excellent. Thank you, Ashley, for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Cheers, horns up, and go Bulls. Go Bulls. Bulls. To learn more about the James Warren Company Collegiate Athletics and Higher Education segments, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to sign up for insights to get our latest industry updates, news, and events delivered straight to your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at jmcohighered and on LinkedIn for the latest news as the landscape of collegiate athletics and higher education is continually evolving.